Speaking of morons, these players in college sports and the NFL and any other sport, especially the NFL right now, because it's been a talking point, these guys that have been gambling. This offseason, like Luke said, on the you know, the Lions and now the Colts are getting hit. Calvin really did get hit last year, and he's in the league again because the man has talent. If he was a nobody, he would not be in the league. But since he can play, they're gonna take a chance on him. With Mark Davis, Chris Kamihart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. Hello and welcome to this man. We're about to cover the AFC West episode of All About the Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Davis. Excited as always to be in the sack house alongside with my three brothers, Chris Kamihart, Luke Rule, and of course, Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. Boys, it's 4th of July weekend. Luke. I know last year we had a hell of a 4th of July weekend. How are you doing heading into this holiday? Uh, no, I'm doing great. I got my brother and his girlfriend coming into town for this 4th of July weekend. Super excited to spend this four-day weekend with them. So off, off to a good start already. And Chris, you were also part of that 4th of July fun last year. Not every day you were there, but 4th of July you were definitely – or I'm sorry, the day before 4th of July you were there. How are you heading into this 4th of July weekend? doing amazing just gonna hang out with the kids the wife and we're gonna try to survive off this fucking 100 degree plus weather we have out here in texas hey take that hoodie off when you go outside because i know it's hot hey, out there it's cold and it's cold in this house though we got that doc, we, pumping. doc we've spent a fourth of july together as well we spent it many many moons ago in philadelphia at the fucking game we also went to the bar across the street at the xfinity live had a good time how are you doing in this 4th of July weekend? Oh, dude, living the dream. Living the dream. Uh, good to be home for this one. Good to celebrate America in America. Real excited for that. So we're going to grow up this weekend, uh, just have a good time, hang out with the kid. Yeah, man, make sure you have a couple wieners, you know, put some hot uh, ketchup mustard on those and just put them down, dude. Oh, uh, they're going to go down real easy. Mmm, glizzy. Glizzy gobbler out there. Hey, nothing wrong with that, Doc. Oh, oh yeah. Celebrate America. Hey, but speaking of America, America's best sport, football. We're going to talk a little AFC West today. We're going to talk, line, I'm sorry, Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders, and the Chargers. We're also going to dabble into some gambling. Tiss, tiss, some of these players, Chris, mm, Luke, and Doc, mm, mm. just breaking the rules. We're also going to dabble into our listeners' load from our boy Zach Rizlov, our opinions on the NIL and the transfer portal, how we think it's a shaping college football and things like that. But, Chris, I start with you. This daily ep- segment we have for the division breakdown, your boy, I'm sorry, once boy, Sean Payton, is in the helm now for the Denver Broncos. Had a lot of hype last year. 5-12 and 12 was where they finished. Russ Wilson was bad. That is the question. We're going to all start off together. Like I said, natural flow, boys. It's something new that we're doing. We're trying guys out there. Can Sean Payton turn this offense around with this new revamped O-line and Javante Williams come back and Russell Wilson start us off here, brother? Yeah, no, I mean – Getting Sean Payton this offseason is a huge, huge grab for them. I truthfully believe that Sean is going to turn Russell Wilson around. And not we're not going to see what he did last year. We're going to see what he did in Seattle days. I mean, just to go back to the Saints seasons, Sean Payton went out there and won, went 5-0 and with Jameis Winston when Drew Brees went down, won with Taysom Hill as quarterback. So, I mean, if somebody can turn somebody around, it's going to be Sean Payton 
and that offensive mastermind that he is. Yeah, yeah I think Taysom Hill will... anywhere on the on the field is is a tough feat to accomplish. Yeah, I think he's definitely a great coach, like calling plays, Doc. Like you were, I mean, with Taysom Hill, like you said, that's phenomenal. I think this O line though is the is the bigger picture now. Now you can get Russell Wilson upright; he doesn't have to worry about you know second guessing himself. Maybe be a little more comfortable out there. He looks like he lost weight too, so maybe he'll be a little more agile, mobile. Javante Williams, like I said, that's a big, big addition back. But I think the receivers are a question mark. They're never healthy, and that's my problem, I think, with the Denver Broncos. Well, I mean, going off Travante Williams, I mean, he's he's coming back. He tore his ACL, PCL, and LCL in his right knee last October. I mean, how quick is he going to get back and be 100%? The person behind him, they signed P. Ryan off the Bengals. So how great's that that decent defensive run – or not defensive, but that run game is going to be with the depth that they have? Are they going to start Williams right away, give him full ball control? I don't think so. I mean, he had a serious injury. Yeah, right Right now, the way that Denver offense looks like, it's not not too scary with the, the injury like history that the whole entire offense has had with Russell Wilson, uh, Javante Williams, Jerry Judy. So, like, I, I don't think they look that scary. I think what the defenses should do is stack the box on Russell Wilson, make him throw the ball, and try to hit with some of these receivers. Russell Wilson over the last couple of years has been on a straight decline. He went six and eight his last year at the Seahawks and four and eleven his first year at the Broncos. So I, I don't mean, know if there's some champagne could turn around or not. I'm not really sold on Russell Wilson. Like I said, I think he's always been overrated. I thought he was carried by a good defense in Seattle. Yeah, he had some good numbers when that Legion of Boom disappeared, but just never been a big fan of him. I, I don't think he's that good. And he might not be the guy for Sean Payton. He's I think Russ Wilson's due to be able to leave after this year, maybe two years down the line. So this might be a one-year prove-it year to fit Sean Payton's scheme. And, Luke, I'm telling you, Sean Payton's scheme is very yeah. tricky. I mean, we saw it in New Orleans. He's got a great offensive mind. So I think Sean Payton's the right yeah. guy. I, I think he can turn this team around. Yeah, he, I mean, he's got a great offensive mind, but that offense only gets you so far when you don't have, like, that great of a defense either. And I don't know if this Denver defense can be able to handle and like, lackluster offense with it the way they played from last year. And I don't see Sean Payton turning around that drastically in one season. I mean, Sean Payton's like uh postseason record. He only has nine wins, and eight losses. And most of those wins are on one season. Every other year he had one win in the postseason or had none. So, hey, we got, we got screwed out of some of those games in the postseason. So you also got, you also <laughs> got helped in some of those games too, in the bounty gate year. So, I mean, Hey, that's not Sean Payton. That's not Sean Payton. He's a head coach. Exactly. It's just The big thing about Sean, though, going with Russ, I mean, they, they helped him out tremendously. I mean, this offseason, they signed two of the top available free agents for the O-line. I mean, they got the offensive tackle, Mike McClinchy. He was PFF's 11th-ranked free agent this year. And they also went and signed guard Ben Powers, which ranked 15th among guards. So, I mean, they're helping Russ. uh, Yeah, they're helping Russ on the O-line not to have to drop back and make a quick decision like he did all last year. I don't don't know. I just can't trust him. He's a fucking weirdo at this point to me. Let's rock. Well, I listened to to an interview today on the Pat McAfee show, and it was uh, Mark – uh, I can't pronounce his last name, Mark Shura or whatever. He's a former offensive lineman with the Giants and Broncos. And he asked Russell Wilson, like, hey, what do you need to do to be better? And he kept saying, well, we need to do this. And he wouldn't take any responsibility for it. He, like, and he kept asking. He's like, no, I'm asking about Russell Wilson. What does he need to do? 
and he just wouldn't answer. He refused to answer. So self-accountability is an issue with Russell no. Wilson. He's that the ego check right there. Russell Wilson practiced running out on the practice field before games, like and standing in the middle of the practice field, acting like there's fans in the stadium. He's and he's doing he also, high knees down the fucking airplane. Yeah, he wears I, I he wears his own dude. He wears his own jersey to training camp too. Like I don't know, it's a little odd to me. I think he's got a big ego. I mean, maybe it's maybe because he's married to Sierra, you know, a pop star. But yeah, Doc, I just I, I don't trust this this uh, Russell Wilson era uh, Broncos. I think Sean Payton's a good fit for what they're going to build for the future, though. Yeah, I don't trust him. I, I don't trust Russell Wilson. That's my thing. I mean, the injuries aside, um, that's obviously an issue. But Russell Wilson just isn't who he used to be. This holistic Russell Wilson just isn't, uh, you know, what everybody thought it was going to be, the saving grace here. Everybody thought, you know, leave Seattle, go to Denver. Now you've got a chance to win. And it obviously didn't pan out that way. I mean, if there's a guy that can make it happen, it's going to be Sean Payton. I think he is a great coach. Um, great in the offensive play call and bringing in an offensive-minded coach uh, coming off of Vic Fangio, I think is going to do wonders for this offense because deep, uh, Denver was relying heavily on that defense um, with, with Vic. But, um, I mean, if they can stay healthy, can it happen? Sure. But I still, regardless, I don't think Russell's got what it takes to get this team deep. Well, last year they had offensive coach, they had Nathaniel Hackett. Remember uh, old Packers offensive coordinator? That's who they had last year in – he got fired before the season was done. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, you can't I, really count that. I, I think it just Go shows ahead. you how good a coach that Pete Carroll was, containing Russell Wilson and all these fucking crazy antics he was, and having a solid locker room. Because as soon as Russell Wilson gets over to Denver, he's losing the locker room immediately. Like they're well, playing future songs in the locker yeah. room to him. Like, he, played, he, played, he played years in Seattle. I mean, that was Russell Wilson in his prime. You're talking about an aged Russell Wilson moving to a new team, whole new organization, new fan base, new locker room, everything else. I mean, when he's in Seattle, he's got control of that locker room yeah. because he's respected in that locker room. He's coming over here, and guys are new kid on the Damn block, it. man. Sit down man, and, can't play sit more down and shut place. up. He can't play after 10 years all of a sudden? After 10 years, he's already washed up? Is that what I'm hearing? Well, no, because yeah. I, think he was, I think he was getting to that point before. I mean, this wasn't – the 40 touchdown, four interception Russell Wilson that we saw years ago, I think that it was on the decline. And that's why I think it was so silly to move. Uh, I mean, good on Seattle to, to realize and get rid of him. But for Denver yeah. to be so aggressive with it, I mean, he was already on the decline for for a couple of years, I think. If, if Sean Payton can get Wilson playing just remotely close to his Seattle days, Denver is going to be a playoff team this year. I agree. It's tough. I agree, well, but that's, that's the challenge right now. With that, though, let's let's bring up that over-under then because, I mean, the defense is – they didn't really do much to add. They added Zach Allen and Frank Clark. Their main issues can they just get uh, – or sacks. That's pretty much what it is. If they can get to the QB. Defense was solid last year. So, Chris, you think it's playoffs? I have over-under for them seven and a half, and I, I think that's where I, I have them right over, and that's like with eight wins. I think that they can maybe get nine, but I, I have the over with eight and, you know, just missing the playoffs and then maybe Sean Payton to sign from there, what his quarterback needs to be for the long-term future, not just 2023. I mean, I have them, I have them, I have them over at nine wins. I don't think I, it all depends on if Sean Payton can turn Russell Wilson around. If he can get them playing at Russell Wilson's Seattle days, then they're going to get more than nine wins. But if it's the same as last year, they're going to squeak by with eight or nine wins this year. Yeah, yes. I'm going – I'm taking the over on this as well, but, again, a very slight margin. I mean, it's a great over-under number to go with 7.5. I'm going to take him over with 8. 
Yeah, I'm I'm riding with the under on this one. So I I don't think I don't have enough trust in Russell Wilson to figure this out in one season with Sean Payton. Sean Payton's going to come with some complicated offense for him, and I don't think Russell Wilson's ready to take on another offense, new offense in like three years. So three new offenses. So I, I don't I don't trust Russell Wilson. I'm going to take take the under at seven seven wins. Yeah, and I could definitely see that, Luke. And hey, that's your different Broncos. I mean, we'll see what they're going to do. I think much better than five and twelve, obviously, from us. At least we think that. Moving on to a team that had a lot of high hopes last year. They added Devontae Adams in the offseason, <laughs> got him from Green Bay Packers. You know, they were coming off of playoffs in the 2021 campaign. The Las Vegas Raiders finished six and eleven. The offense wasn't total ter- terrible when it came to yards and scoring. They were twelfth in both categories, but they replaced Derek Carr with Jimmy G. And that's the question, Doc, I have. You can start us off. What the hell are the Las Vegas Raiders doing with this team? A chance to make a move in the draft, move up a couple of spots, grab yourself a quarterback, and you went ahead and picked the Derek Carr 1.5. The Derek Carr move alone or uh, I'm sorry, Jimmy G, the Jimmy G move alone, and I'm going to just jump right into this. Jimmy G move alone is why I'm taking – I, I, we'll talk about what the over-under is in a little bit, but I'm taking Raiders under. You could put him at a half a game. I'm taking him under. Uh, Jimmy G didn't do shit in San Francisco. Like, I, I am baffled on why Las Vegas came out and thought this is the guy that we needed to turn this franchise around, uh, coming off the backs of a defensive-minded San Francisco, a Debo Samuel-minded San Francisco, a team that Jimmy G contributed absolutely nothing to the success of that organization. And these guys were like, yep, that's our guy. That's that's how we're getting to the Super Bowl, baby. Jimmy G, come on in. Yeah, I'm with you, Doc, on that one. I don't think that it's a good move. I, this offense has to carry this defense, and you just got the wrong guy. I would have been better if they would have traded up for an Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, honestly, or even just drafted Will Levis at that pick. They didn't have to trade. He fell to you at seven. You could have picked them. This defense is a, is a shit show out there. They didn't make much moves out there to address anything. Yeah, they have Max Crosby, great player. But outside that, like, this defense is a mess. They're horrible, and the offense is not going to be good. Let me put it this way. I would have taken Carson Wentz over Jimmy G. I think that he could have done more for this team. I would have taken Matt Ryan in his age 50 season coming up over Jimmy G. I mean, the guy is just useless. Uh, Devontae Adams, if he is not gone before the trade deadline – my only assumption is because the asking price was too high. Jacobs, I mean, I too. Chris, is, Chris has mentioned Well, Jacobs Chris won't. Mentioned, you and Chris have both mentioned Devontae Adams possibly being gone. Chris, you still on board with that? You think Devontae Adams can be gone if this offense and this defense and this whole team's just a clown show? Yeah, so, I mean, the Raiders are tr- still trying to recover from what John Gruden did. I mean, he traded pieces away from this team that made it good, and he got draft picks, and the draft picks that he got – the players aren't even here. They were all first They're round wasted. busts. Yeah. Wasted every one of it's, them. This team is still trying to recover from the John Gruden days. I think replacing Carr with Jimmy G was just a stopgap. I mean, they know that they're in a rebuilding mode. They might have not liked any of the quarterbacks this draft. They're probably not going to like any of the quarterbacks not next draft because there's not too many except Caleb Williams. They'll still pass on them. I mean, they might. I the Raiders just it, they're in a tough shitty organization and it's been rough ever since they moved to Las Vegas. What was Jimmy's what was Jimmy's deal for? 
It was like three years, three or four years for like sixty seven. I don't know. Years. Not only yeah, did but, you so, fucking, not only did you commit to a, a dog shit quarterback, you did it for three to four years. You didn't even give him a prove a deal. But you, but you yeah. did it knowing that he had a foot injury, knowing that if he didn't pass his physical day one, that he could walk. Like, how could you set? Like, how could you sleep at night knowing that you might not have a quarterback during preseason? I mean, they but did this draft is before the draft. It was before yeah, they, the draft. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It was before the draft, so you can't say you didn't have a quarterback. You know, you're going to draft one, and it didn't matter who I you mean, picked up. You could have picked up fucking. You could have picked up a guy in the seventh round. And he would have been better than Jimmy G. Yeah, I mean, I think they were looking for a game manager. Luckily, in the draft, they did get Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech, who should have been a second or third pick. I mean, he luckily slipped down since all these quarterbacks were going off, so good for them. But I think they were just looking for a game manager, which Jimmy G's yeah. proved that he can manage games. Yeah, I give him that right. at least. So th- I think the Raiders have the offense that he can just sit there and manage the game if he is healthy. I mean, they are stacked at the like wide receiver and running back room, and they have a solid tight end. So, I mean, if Jimmy G's healthy, that offense is still going to be pretty pretty productive. All the Raiders did was just trade expensive shit for a little bit less expensive shit. So, you know, a phrase from Mark. That's all they did. They they trade Derek Carr for a little bit cheaper version of Derek Carr. Uh, I mean, Jimmy G does have the playoff experience that Derek Carr didn't have. Derek Carr is zero and one in the playoffs, and what Jimmy G's got four wins in the playoffs. So little not because anything different. Jimmy G did. I mean, I, I mean, he he still has a an offense. He's got players around him that he doesn't have. To, he has to be just that game manager and not lose games. Well, that's one good thing he's got going him. for him. He's just got to lop the ball up, and Devontae is going to come down with it. And, and he's, he's a handsome man, so he, that's also going for him. <laughs> he's got all the porn stars I mean, he can imagine in Vegas. I wouldn't say they have a – they definitely have a great running back with Josh Jacobs. I wouldn't say they have a stacked wide receiver room. I mean, you do have one of the best wide receivers with Adams. You did get Jacoby Myers coming. And then yeah. you have He's, Hunter. I thought that was a great pickup. Yeah, Jacoby Myers rolled out last season. Well, well, he was number one wide receiver with New England. Renfro well, wasn't that good. Let's, let's take it easy so. with number one in New England. Uh, that was not yeah. a hard feat to accomplish. And we got to see the And we got to see what the tight end's going to be too. He's a rookie, so I mean, is he going to be good? We don't know. We don't. We don't know. Yeah. We haven't seen him in the NFL level. They they, they, they also have Aaron. Austin Hooper and. O.J. Howard, too. Hey, break end. it to you. Austin, who hasn't been good since the Super Bowl days with Matt Ryan. Hey, he, he still could be good. Well, I don't even think he was that good back then. He he, he was good then. Maybe Matt as Ryan, a blocker. No, Matt Ryan, he's a he's always been a I know player. I had him on fantasy, and he didn't give me shit. <laughs> well, told the Super Bowl year was the I'll, year he was good. The year after. I'll end, it, I'll end it with, I think Josh McDaniels is on the hot seat this year. He might get fired uh, during so. the, He might get fired during the season. Rightfully fucking so. I, and I don't think shows... he gets fired this season. You don't think he gets uh, fired yeah. during the season? No, I think that just causes too much chaos. I mean, if the season's like, if they're having like a decent season, I don't think he gets fired during the season, but probably at the end of the season. I, I don't. If, he, I don't... If, they, if they start off like 0-4, 0-5 or something like that, then he's out the door. <laughs> no, he's not out the door. This is a team that there are very, very low expectations right now. You're talking to Miami Dolphins tanking situation to get another. This is my Houston Texans of the 2023-2024 football season. Um, oddly enough, I should say the Bears because they had the number one pick. But um, this team, 
with, because the expectation is so low, I don't think that McDaniels and the, I think at the end of the year, like if it's that bad, they might use him as a scapegoat to move on. But I don't think he's on a on a midseason or an early hot seat because you. I mean, yeah, you do got a couple offensive weapons. I don't think the team is stacked top to bottom. I don't think anybody in their right mind, especially with the guy you got at the helm with uh, Jimmy G. I don't think anybody is looking at this team going, "We are a playoff team." Uh, if we don't start showing that in the first six eight weeks, it's time to cut ties with McDaniel. Come on. And speaking uh, of, Mark, I, mean, I, don't I don't think they're a playoff team at all. That's why. They, why yeah. would you be on the hot seat then? I heard my name, Chris. What'd you say? Mark Davis needs to turn this team around. I'm moving them, boys. I'm moving them out of Las Vegas. They're coming to Florida, boys. Woo! No way. Like, Y'all yeah, set expectations. What was the, that, Luke? The Raiders, are the only, the Raiders are the only thing. That and the people at casinos are the only people losing in Vegas. The, all the other teams are winning besides them. That's true. The Aces so won. So you heard yeah. it right there. That is, that is right? the hot take from Luke. 29 of the 30 teams are finishing above 500. Uh, so the expectations are like you boys said. I had five and a half, and you said, hey, can they start off 0-5 and, and get fired? Well, let's run it through real quick. I'll just say the first five games. Lost to the Broncos, lost to the Bills, lost to the Steelers, lost to the Chargers, lost to the Packers, lost to the Patriots, lost to the Bears. Yeah, they're starting off 0-7-0-8. He's getting fired before he wins the first game. I have the under boys that are like probably two or three wins after he gets fired. I I think they can maybe pull a win out of New England. They're at they're in Las Vegas. It's a three o'clock game. We don't really know the questions around New England right now. I think they might be able to pull that. A f- zero and five start I can see definitely happening though. Yeah, yeah. I I had a tough time looking at their schedule because it was just loss, 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 and I I ended up with what three and fourteen for them. So I'm like, I'm de- definitely riding the under with the. With Vegas, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if we see a zero and seventeen team right here. I was just gonna say, I think that this team, yeah. this schedule, they could. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but this is absolutely like the perfect storm making for an yeah. zero and seventeen team. I yeah. think get, I'm definitely going under. I'm definitely going under. I think, uh, yeah, New England's a good loss. I think or a good win. I think uh, they, they, you know, they might equal out against New England. I think they might eke it out against Indy. Um, but then again, Indy is late, and that's where Richardson could be finding his form late in the season. You know, he starts out fucking one and twelve, and then starts you know figuring it out in the NFL. So you know, we may see a different Indy that late in the season. But I think uh, who who else was I looking at? Uh, and I think they might. I think they might. There is potential to split one with Denver. Yeah, maybe yeah, the last I, game when they're both out of the playoffs, and there's nothing. That's yeah, what I'm saying. So I'm, that's why yeah, I, I, at I'm most playing. I'm talking three wins at most. Yeah, I'm splitting Denver, too, on mine. Yeah, so that's your Las Vegas Raiders, another lackluster <laughs> year for a shit Las team. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll make someone else's wife cry, and maybe that guy will be out the door to use a Derek Carr excuse. <laughs> so, hey, moving on, though, to those bolts out there in Los Angeles, a team that was 10-7, and seven, made the wild card. If you guys don't remember, they blew that wild card. They were up a big chunk of points. I think it was like 24-27-0 it was. And then Duval County, Trevor Lawrence came back and just wiped them. And Luke. That's picture perfect for the Los Angeles Chargers. Can this team stay consistent? Can the receivers stay healthy? Can Justin Herbert be consistent with his play? What do we expect with this usually inconsistent team? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm like on paper, they are they are fucking loaded on offense. Like their wide receiver room, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Quinnen Johnson, the rookie out of TCU, fucking like big body, tall, 
wide receivers, good catching. Then Austin Eckler just got his extra million added to his contract with uh, Fat Kelly right behind him. So I mean, and Joe and Joe Devers not bad at tight end either. Yeah, no, he's he's solid. I mean, he he does what he needs to do at the tight end position. It's all it hurt if Jeff like Herbert can figure this out and like like be consistent quarterback instead of like yeah he's got the big arm, big talent, and all that. But if he can just figure it out, be consistent, th- this team can go a long way. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I every year I'm excited to see the Chargers what they're going to bring. Like you said, they have a scary wide receiver trio when healthy. That's the question. I mean, the defense seemed to get a little better last year. Uh, I mean, uh, they got sacks. I mean, Khalil Mack and uh, Joey Bosa were a pretty good duo. They did add Eric Kendricks with Asante Samuel and Duran James. They have a good defense. Can they make stops? So that's you know an issue with consistency. Can they get the offense or the team off the field? to help this offense where the offense doesn't have to sit there and score a shitload of points and put that pressure on Herbert. But, yeah, that's the question, boys, Doc and Chris. I really think that Herbert has to be consistent because that's been the issue with the Chargers every single year. They have the talent to be deep and even challenge the Chiefs really on paper to win this division, but they just can never do it. It's just a consistency thing. Yeah, Um, ultimately – I'm I'm excited to see what Herbert does in his junior year. I mean, he had that sophomore year slump, went down a little bit. I think he had 38 touchdowns his rookie season, and then it dropped down to, what was it, 28 or something last season. So, I mean, he had his slump. I want to see if he can go up or not. I mean, but also, like y'all already said, his wide receivers, I mean, it did not help that Keenan Allen would go down for a couple weeks, and then Mike Williams didn't step up as that – wide receiver one so i mean they did draft that big name out of tcu with um johnston so i mean is he going to be able to step up if these these veterans go down i mean herbert i don't think it's his fault that he's been inconsistent the weapons around him have not been there yeah i mean that's no you go ahead doc um, no, I was I was going to agree with that. I, I think it's the I think it's a consistency, but I think it's driven by the fact that uh, like too much of this is being put on on his shoulders. You know, he's kind of come in here and expected to be able to take this team all the way early on in his career. Um, we've seen it in in Carolina. Your Christian McCaffrey's, your Austin Eckler's are not gonna they're not gonna solely win you games. They're not gonna get you to where you want to go. Um, the injuries obviously are a huge problem, and and with with health, you know, good health, I think that, you know, we can see a different different Herbert this year. But at the same time, I think he's just got to stop trying to do too much. He's just got to let it flow naturally, play his game the way that he plays, and, and stop trying to force it and let the magic happen. Well, Doc, I'm sorry. I mean, I agree with you, Chris, but, the, you know, the receivers got to stay healthy. But boo fucking who? You're, you're one of the guys that came in this league, Heisman winning quarterback out there. The fucking – it better be on your shoulders. Patrick Mahomes did it. Fucking Big Ben's done it. Tom Brady did it. If you want to be one of the best, te- sorry, do it a little earlier. Don't wait fucking eight, nine years down the line and then say, well, I finally won one. It has to be on your no, shoulders. You're supposed to be that, the best quarterback in the league. Do Act like it. That's just well, the way you're comparing, you're comparing a junior quarterback to Tom Brady, Big Ben, and fucking hey, Patrick Mahomes. Big Ben did on. it year two. Big Ben did it year two. Brady did it year two. Patrick Mahomes did it year two. Year three, I'm sorry. All right. That, that's just the way the Chargers have been, like, ever since I've watched him. Look at Phillip Rivers. He's – Potentially a Hall of Fame quarterback, never won anything really. So I mean, it's just been tough at the Chargers. Like they could just never finish seasons. They could never finish these big games. 
I don't know about you, but uh, Philip Rivers never had a problem finishing anything. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> Eight, nine kids, ten kids. Where's he at now? He's got a lot, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's he couldn't get rings, thing. but he got kids. I mean, the Chargers—they're just—they were there <laughs> like the, the '80s or '90s in the Super Bowl too. They lost to the Niners, and then they just—they just can't show up like when it matters. And that's the thing is, they have like you, like Luke, you mentioned the, during the before we got on. This defense has so many names, but they just don't play good when it matters. Yeah, I mean, the defense like big names all over the defense. Khalil Mack with the Bears was a fucking animal, and what was he doing now? Nothing. Joey Bussa. I mean, he's also a fucking animal. His brother is also an animal. And what? Nothing. Then you had Derwin James out of Florida State. Dude was a fucking dog. And he's been a dog. He just suplexed Travis Kelsey last year. But nothing's happening with his team. Like, they're still getting blown out of games or losing close games. Like, they can't finish games. It just doesn't happen for them. Yeah, I mean, and out of one team going to the Super Bowl, outside the Bills that hasn't won because I like Josh Allen, I like to see those powder blue Chargers win it, man. Like, they have the best uniforms in the NFL. Like, Chris, see you shaking your head there. Like, you want to see the Chargers do good, too? I mean, something new would be – it'd be nice, something new out there in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, I think Herbert Herbert deserves it. I think – I don't I don't agree that he hasn't been putting it out all – putting all his all out on the field. I think he's – he's hey, he's been slinging the ball. He's been trying. They just can't find the people to step up when other people are injured – and make plays. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm high on Herbert too. Like he's he's tough dude. Like he'll play through some of these injuries, just like uh, Josh Allen will. I mean, the coaches eventually will pull him, but he'll try to play these big games and do what he can. Well, but, he did have rib, he did have a ribbit problem last year for a few games. I mean, at that Chiefs game. Yeah, but he he's trying to play through him. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah. So. I mean, they did add Eric Kendrick, so we'll see on the defense side, one of the better linebackers in the league. He's, pretty, he's been pretty consistent with the Vikings. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm being generous. I think the over-under, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I think 11.5 solid for them. I, I really do. I I mean, we have one of the better quarterbacks. You kind of have the bar a little high. They, they were 10-7 and 7 last year. They were they blew a couple games in the regular season. They should have probably won. And I was looking at it, and I was like, I can see 10 to 12 wins, honestly, between this team. I am going to go just under. I'm going to go at 11. I think hovering around 11 and 6 is a perfect spot for them. Um, they, you know, the AFC West is still going to be pretty competitive. I mean, they play each other competitively, but I don't know. I think 11 and 6 is a pretty good spot for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, Mark, at 11 and 6 for my uh, over and under. So I'm taking the under with them as well. I think they take one of these wild card spots at with 11 wins. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm hovering. Yeah, I I can see ten to eleven wins here, so I'm I'm gonna go under just because of that half game. I mean, they have they don't have the the easiest schedule. They definitely have some hard games on here, but you have some easy teams sprinkled in here to boost up your record for sure. And we'll see plenty of them too. They have a lot of primetime games, so yeah, yeah, very very easy string. Um starting with that New England game, New England-Denver, Las Vegas, and then, you know, a tough one against Buffalo before taking another one from Denver, but I've got them under a 10. And they might sneak that Kansas City one then because Kansas City might by then might have wrapped a one seed for the AFC, so yeah. they may be playing against backups at that point. Garbage time. And so they, play, like they, they, play, they play pretty hard, Kansas City and the Chargers usually, with Herbert and um, Mahomes over there. Those are pretty good oh, matchups. They, 
they do just chalk up the one on at home was a loss because the Chiefs, I don't think Patrick Mahomes ever lost on the road to his AFC West counterparts. So they might have to seal the one at Kansas City um, earlier in the year. On, yeah, right? it'll probably, probably be the it'll probably it'll be the the at the late afternoon uh, flex or the late afternoon game that we'll all be watching on CBS. It looks like, hey, but we mentioned Kansas City boys and man. Before we talk about them, shout out to Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes as they whoop the shit out of the NBA's best when it comes to the match. Shout Fuck out to my you, boys Steph out there. Curry and Clay Thompson. Yeah, and Von Miller <laughs> out there supporting them. I love it. But hey, we talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. You're reigning. Super Bowl champions who finished the season at 14 and 3. Best offense in the league. Very underrated defense. I, I might want to add 11th defense, 16th in scoring. So defense was kind of just under the radar. No one really talked about them because they only have really one big name with Chris Jones. But the question is, Doc, I'm going to start with this with you. Is the dynasty going to be finally complete? Do they win this third Super Bowl? And I'll remind you, no team has ran back to back Super Bowl since the New England Patriots in the 2003 and 2004 season, or do teams start to figure out this Mahomes and Kelsey show just a little bit? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, stepping up the pass coverage in the secondary against Kelsey, and I think you shut him down. You know, it's like taking Gronk away from Brady. I mean, Brady was still good, but, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes will still be good. But I think uh, the way, you know, where the NFL is at right now and, and a lot of talent spread across multiple teams, I mean, I think that, you know, as good as you can play and come into the playoffs and lose on any given Sunday, um, and we've seen it, you know, with a number of teams. Um, I think they can win it. Do I see them win it this year? No, I, I don't think the team is is quite what it used to be. Um, aside from Kelsey, I mean, the offense just keeps, keeps you know, seems to keep take, seems to keep taking a step backwards. Um, lost, a, lost a defensive piece or two, you know, it's – I, I don't see him shaping up this year. I'm, I, I, I got faith in him, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, that's the question is, can they do it? And they brought Nag Matt Nagy back, who used to be the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. He fit really well with the, um, the Alex Smith days with Andy Reid. So I don't think that's going to be an issue replacing Eric Benenemy. I think Matt Nagy and Andy Reid can definitely get the plays going without uh, Patrick Matt Holmes. Nagy is only capable under Andy Reid. That's it. And that's fine. I mean, if you have to do that, why not pair with Patrick yeah. Holmes trying to get a ring that yeah. way? Yeah. And, I mean, Andy Reid's going to run this offense either way. The offense is going to be changing. Patrick Mahomes is going to do Patrick Mahomes things. And we're we'll about to find out some new wide receivers this season that we've never even heard of that are fucking balling out. Because that's just the way Patrick Mahomes plays. Like, before last season, he never heard of Sky Moore. Like, so he's going to do the same thing with fucking Tony and – um like some of these other guys that I have no clue who they are. So MBS. somebody's going to step up big. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I know who he is. But other than that, I don't know any of these other receivers. They had John Ross listed as their number four. No, that's no, no, that's not John. That's Justin Ross. <laughs> not John they, Ross they, from the Bengals. Yeah. They, they have it, they have and it. go ahead and cue the comments in the comment section down below no, no, no. for that one. No, no. I, I will be, I'll be honest. I did. ESPN says John Ross. Oh, HB might be fucking up because I, I looked at it and I thought the same thing and that's all it was Justin Ross. And yeah. I was like, man, no, I was like, I didn't see them sign. J O H N Ross is what it says on there. Huh. But other than that, I mean Isaiah Pacheco, never heard of him until last season. He fucking stepped up and he balled out. Uh Jared McKinnon, uh not huge on him or uh Clyde, Clyde Edwards Alaire. I, I I had big hopes for Clyde Edwards Alaire coming out of LSU, but 
He had that one good season and started just Old fading Tigers. out. But Travis Kelsey and Mahomes, unstoppable. I like the plug there. Yeah, I think I think Tigers. I, I little LSU plug. Go, go Tigers. I think I, I think this is the year that it catches up to them that they don't have offensive weapons. I mean, you have Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. They're both in that role playing gadget guys last season. They're going to be asked to step into larger roles this year. You don't have. But they Juju won't be able there. to handle. You don't have Juju there. You don't have OBJ there. I mean, you did you did draft. Rasheed Rice out of SMU in the second round with the 55th pick. He's going to be asked a lot. So, I mean, I think this is the year that the offense does get stung a little bit with not having those offensive weapons. If the Chiefs were in the in the NFC, I think they would have a sure shot to go to the Super Bowl. But the AFC is so competitive now with you have the Chargers. We just talked about them, the Bengals, the Bills. The Ravens, let's see with Lamar's contract, if he can step up to it, he's going to have a little chip on his shoulder with all those people talking shit. I mean, the AFC is competitive. So, like, see, so Yeah, they could probably win the NFC South. Probably about it. Oh, easily. <laughs> they, hey, they win the NFC North as well, probably, too. Nah. But, yeah. I mean, Chris, I, I agree with you, Chris. I, I think the offense will be fine and maybe in the regular season. They probably still get their 13 wins or so. But the playoffs, when it matters – Oh, it's going to be a whole different thing. I mean, how much can Kelsey and him do by themselves? I mean, Leslie, these, these guys step up. I, I still think this is a sneaky team for DeAndre Hopkins to come sign to. Late. Oh, if they get DeHop, we'll, we'll, we'll change our thoughts on that. It, I, I still think so. Yeah. If I was DeHop, I'd be looking to Kansas City like, I'll I'll take that one-year prove a deal with Kansas City and get go get a ring. Yeah, just get a ring. So, if, yeah. if he goes to Kansas City, then that whole dynasty being complete, it's looking a sure whole lot better with DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, the dynasty with next the dynasty you have to win three, so that that third one looks a lot more promising to me. Then, but we got to see what happens in the next few weeks when he gets so, back to mini camp. Can't so, say he's one move away from making that dynasty. I think. I mean, are we sold on the defense? I mean, like I said, they it's just Chris Jones is the only big name. They have some good players. Nick Bolton at the linebacker position is pretty good. Like I said, they were sneaky. They weren't really great. They got to the quarterback a lot, though. They pressured the hell out of them, got their second sacks. Chris, can this defense be productive? Can they be underrated still? Yeah, I mean, I think they do. I think, honestly, the biggest move for them this offseason was cutting Frank Clark. He he wasn't performing. In four seasons at Kansas City, he failed to grade above a 64 with PFF. I mean, they went heavy in the draft with defensive players. Their first round draft pick, that edge, Yuzuma, out of Kansas State, he's he's nasty. So I think they got a steal with them. And then they went heavy on the defense in this draft. So I think the defense is going to be able to step up and it's not going to be that, oh, their offense is going to just overpower you anyway. So let's not worry about the defense. Yeah, I, I think this defense is good enough to handle, like, like compete with the Kansas City offense. Like so, they're not losing games. Or they're not having to win games on offense. So I, I think his defense is just. Good. I don't think they're top five, probably top ten defense at, at best. But I, I think their offense is still going to overpower the defense. But I think defense is good enough to like maintain, not having to like like win shootouts. I mean, if the defense just makes stops, like they don't have to worry about. Get, I mean, yeah. if they don't get turnovers, as long as you just make yeah. stops, like that's yeah, probably the Chargers. And Chris Jones on the defense is going to be a fucking game record like he was in the playoffs last season. Now he was, he was def- defensive player of the year for a reason, right? Was he? Yeah. So I he mean, actually won that award. 
I think pretty sure he did. I know I he was in the running. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the awards, but I know I'm he was pretty definitely sure he won. In, yeah, he was a freak last year. He always is though. So that's Joe, never Joe Burr's next worst, Joe Burr's worst nightmare right there. He was eating yeah. him up. I mean, I mean, look, Patrick Mahomes is going to score a touchdown on almost every other drive. All you have to do yeah. is sit your defense down and say, "Hey, we need one or two stops this game. Sit back and relax." Patty Dat is here. I mean, if you look at their schedule, we can we're going to pull it up soon. But they don't face too many high power offenses. Philly, the Bengals, Buffalo. I mean, these are the these are four team or three teams that they're going to face with high power offenses. Other than that, the defense just needs one or two stops, and the Chiefs are going to win this game because Patty's going to score touchdowns. He's going to find oh, a way. And speaking of that, I guess we could break it down now. I mean. The over-under for the Kansas City Chiefs, 13 and a half. Like I said they were 14-3 last year. Like I said, they lost Juju, but, I mean, we still believe Mahomes to be electric. I don't know. I've been plugging and playing with the, the schedule, and I have over at 14-3. and three. Um, I can still see I – I want to say under because I don't want us to all be in the same boat or agreeing, but I'm going to have to go over. I think, I think 14 is where they're going to sit at, which is a good record. They'll be the same as they were last year, but I think they'll lose in the playoffs somewhere. So I'll go over at 14. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, I'm I'm saying right over. there with you. Oh. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm saying right there with you, Mark, at 14-3. and three. I, Two losses I put for them were the, the Chargers losing one, uh, what, week 18. Then I had them losing to the Eagles. Other than that, I think I, had, I think they dropped one game. So that's why I gave them 14-3. I think they make the AFC Championship game, but They're losing I don't know. The yeah. <laughs> okay. But, hey, hey, we'll talk I, about that that week. Okay. I think some other teams are going to come up, step up in the AFC Championship uh, game and compete with them. Okay. Yeah, I I have over as I have over as well. I think Philly's going to win. I mean, Justin Hurts is fucking butt hurt about how he performed in the Super Bowl, so I think that's going to be a hyped up game. And then I agree with Luke. I think they're going to split one with the Chargers. And then the God, other one loss will be will be sprinkled somewhere in here. Well, the thing is, Joe Joe Burrow's beaten Patrick Mahomes every single year in the regular season that they've played. So maybe maybe the Bengals do sneak one away. Um, I, I don't know if the Bengals sneak it again this year. I, I think just because that game's going to be so like sought after now, just with like, the little rivalry they're building, I don't think – I think Kansas City's going to play super hard that game. I think the Bengals will too. It'll be a fun game to watch, but I think that Kansas City still pulls it off. It'll be, it'll be in Burrowhead, too. Yeah, they, they ain't losing again in Burrowhead. Burrowhead, my ass. <laughs> what you got there, no, I'm right there. I'm right there with you guys. I'm going over as well. Um, I'm not confident who I'm going to pick for the three, but I'm definitely taking at least 14 wins for him. I mean, when I look at this schedule for, you know, um, defending champs, Starting out Detroit, Jacksonville, Chicago, Jets, uh, Minnesota, Denver. I mean, I know Denver's, you know, obviously division, Chargers division, um, Vegas division, but this is this is a pretty fucking weak schedule. I mean, the only thing they could probably hey. make this weaker is if you put Baltimore on it. Yeah, Lamar's I mean, a big Big I hater think, on Baltimore. Sweet. I think I think one of the big trap games that they have is going against the Jets in New York, primetime game. And I could be wrong, but I think this is A Rod's first primetime game. I could be mistaken. No, he, plays, 
No, he plays no. week one at no, Buffalo we, 9-11. No, we, please. But oh, you yeah, said yeah, trap yeah. game, Chris. <laughs> no, usually that ring ceremony takes a lot, you know, because your mind's so focused on, you know, you're celebrating, maybe not be 100% focused. I'm not saying Free Detroit's going to win. But Detroit can come in there and catch Kansas City sleeping, and Detroit might, just might, make some noise week one. I'm not saying they're going to, but that's a game you got to be I'd focused. Like to see it. I mean, yeah, I mean, really. I know we – we talked about that week one game a lot when we were going over the schedule and how we would have liked to see them play against the Bengals or the Bills week one. But, I mean, I that week one game against Detroit, I think that is going to be a really good game. And Duval County, too, the next week. I mean, come on. like that's that's And that's going to be that sure. glimmer of hope from Jared Goff to let you know that he's still got something in the tank only to fuck <laughs> it up the rest of the season. And then they yeah, have an so... easy win week three. Easy win week yeah. three. They, they do. Oh, dude, they're, 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 just gonna swallow dude, they're getting they're the getting fields. blown out that game. <laughs> Who's they? You didn't say a team. You just said they. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The Bears are getting blown. They are going to win that game. Oh, oh there it is. That's the that's the AFC West boys. You know, that's we all agree. So I think we have the first, second, third, and fourth place team the same. That might be the only time we have that uh, for these eight divisions. The next division, I think it's one you guys of took the Raiders. You guys took the Raiders winning the division too. Yeah, I think yeah. they're sleepers. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. NFC yeah, yeah. West, yeah. I think okay. one of the more boring divisions will be next with the Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks, and Niners. I'm only excited for two of those teams. That's 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 <sighs> that. And hey, might as well skip the Rams. Rams. Yeah, we might. Yeah, have we to really got to talk one, about them. <laughs> we, unfortunately, let us know, viewers. Let us know down in the comments below if Chris, we even need to bother wasting our time with that shit. Chris tried getting out of that one. He's like, oh, "I'm going out of town." I was like, "Yeah, no, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, move, it got, we'll move it. We'll move I, it up a day." I think I got this thing <laughs> that day. Um, don't think I'm going to make hey, it. Hey, like I said, I'll call and cowherd this shit. I'll talk about it by myself, and I'll just be like, "Hey, yo, this is what I think's going to happen." I'm talking hey. with nobody. No, you don't want to. You don't want to sound stupid. Okay, come on. You don't no, want to I sound that, stupid. Dude. But speaking that of might being be, stupid. That might be the dumbest <laughs> motherfucker. I know we've talked about this before, and I've ranted about this before, and we've talked about our most hated people across the board, but that that might be the dumbest motherfucker in, in the history of sports. I don't think, like, he knows less than Luke does about sports. No offense, Luke, because you don't watch nothing but football, and I know that. But I don't even think this guy watches football. I think he, like, gets the fucking times. He gets the paper. The newspaper reads the fucking headline and is like, yep, I am versed on sports. I know what I'm talking about. Like, the guy is a fucking moron. Speaking of morons, these players in college sports and the NFL and any other sport, especially the NFL right now because it's been a talking point, these guys that have been gambling – this offseason, like Luke said, on the you know the Lions and now the Colts are getting hit. Calv really did get hit last year, and he's in the league again because the man has talent. If he was a nobody, he would not be in the league. But since he can play, they're going to take a chance on him. So with that being said, we just had another couple suspensions. The Colts had a couple guys that got a year. Had another guy that got six months. James Williams got six months. So real quick, the rules that the NFL emphasizes, boys, do not bet on the NFL. Plain and simple, don't bet on your sport. Not hard. Do not bet at a team facility, no matter what sport you're betting. That means also on traveling on the road games at the team hotels. Don't have anyone bet for you. Okay, this is easy shit. Do not That's share your team rule. information. 
Do not share information. Don't share your playbook. Don't share your schemes. Don't share who's hurt. Don't share insider yeah, info on, yep. on injuries. Do not enter a sports book, which means don't go into a casino, into that gambling section for sports. You can go gamble at the casino, but you can't walk into the sports book during the season. And lastly, do not play DraftKings and FanDuel and any other fantasy apps that allow you to do daily. So like your daily, like you get $100 salary, for example, and you pick a guy for that week. You can do long-term because you can't prove that it's gambling. So it's easy, boys. Well, I let's think, let's uh, fucking hang on a sec. Let's clarify, okay? You can't do long term because you can't prove that it's not gambling. All right, you can do long term. You can't bet money. Can't bet money on the league. I mean, well, it, but when you're I agree fantasy, with what though, you're saying. Yeah. I agree with the reasoning, but no, the rule is there's no gambling money on your sport. You can do long-term because it's a long-term season thing, and there is not always money involved. So as long as your league does not have money involved, yeah. then it's legal. Yeah, so you could do that. I, and I agree. I, I think just don't fucking gamble, dude. It, co- it questions the integrity of the game. You're, I understand they say, well, the NFL has their partners. That's so hypocritical. No, just because your partners doesn't mean they're fucking they're, – they're gambling themselves. They're, they're exactly. partners with a, with a company that endorses gambling for, the, for us, the people. It's just a way of them making money. They're not gambling. They're doing it to support the fans. So stop using that bullshit excuse. I don't know how you and Luke feel, Chris, but that's how I feel. Just don't fucking gamble for the year. Yeah, I mean, Patriots, the Jonathan Jones, he tweeted out today. He's talking about that he doesn't understand how he can risk his life for the game, but he can't bet $1,000 on his team winning. I mean, I think it's I'm, – I'm with y'all. I don't think they should be able to gamble. I mean, y'all are making a ton of money anyways – why does it matter about gambling about NFL games? It just doesn't make sense. It's easy. And then they want to talk about the NFL is promoting gambling all the time, but they can't gamble. I mean, like you said, Mark, it, it questions the integrity of the game, which is already being questioned a lot with the refs, with the script, with these penalties. We they just The NFL needs to not add into more questions about if – the NFL is rigged or not. This motherfucker really said he can risk his life for the game. Did I hear that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you That's fucking, are you about. kidding me? Are you fucking, no, listen, listen to me. You want to gamble that no, bad, buddy? No. Retire. Get out of the fucking no. league. All right. No, look, it's not look. that goddamn difficult because regardless of whether I can't bet on my own team, motherfucker, you ain't betting on your own team. You're betting against your team like everybody else because you got that insider information. Look, you want to gamble, get out of the league. It's that fucking simple. It, the the integrity. I'm not saying that everybody is is destroying the integrity by the way they bet. Okay, we're not talking about the Black Sox, uh, you know, of 1919. You know, Pete Rose obviously, and I know we're gonna get into penalties and stuff. Pete Rose is permanently banned from the Hall of Fame for baseball because of his betting. Well, um, until he passes away, then he'll get in after that. Guarantee it. Yeah, but regardless. Betting on the sport, especially the game that you are playing, a game that you are playing in, 100% uh, changes the integrity of the game. Because guess what? Now you're down seven points, you're a defensive lineman, and you're like, I can't fucking change the game. But guess what? Now you're trying to hurt people. You're trying to do any number of things to change the outcome. Like, just, just don't do it. It's not fucking hard. It's not hard. Just don't do it. Yeah, look, check it out. So these guys... Are Check like, it out. So, so pissed off about gambling on games. Well, guess what? You know what the NFL is also doing? Is they're selling beers at these games. Guess what the players aren't doing? 
they're not drinking beers during the games. This isn't Boom. arena football. This isn't the lingerie football league where they're chucking the players are chugging beers. This is the NFL. Like, guess what? You you're not fucking betting all games. You're not chugging beers either. So if you want to go do that, go somewhere else. And also, you, Luke, let's fucking play games. I want to know. I want to know if Isaiah Rogers because he had a prop bet over under for his running backs. I want to know if this guy bet under because that also questions how good of a teammate you are as well. So well, that also shows you how loyal you are to your boys. Go go go! Look up the the running back stats for last year because <laughs> allegedly he won that bet. Yeah, they were there weren't many uh there weren't many overs on hundred yards. So hopefully yeah, that was so bet. Allegedly, allegedly he won. Oh yeah, he did. And that's why he suspended for a year, and they, and they and they fired him. They said, "Get out of here, dude!" Like like I said, if you have talent, yeah, they'll let you they'll let you come back. But this is dumb. And then in college too, they they have it where you can't bet on your on any sport from your school, and that's a permanent ban for for NCAA. So if you bet, if you're an LSU, for example, and the volleyball player bets football, that volleyball player is kicked out for the whole her whole NCAA career. You if you bet on a sport, your own sport, but not your school. That's fifty percent of the season. That's so you lose six games, and then if yeah. they also have ones for a certain amount of profits too, you lose certain percentages. So NCAA is cracking down too because they have had some suspensions the last couple months as well. Yeah, so yeah. These, these rules are just cut and dry. Like, hey, don't don't do it. Like, the, every rule is like, hey, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. Super simple. Just don't fucking do it if you want to play in the NFL. It's not hard. And, and they the go over the rules. To- and they go over the rookie symposium. They go over this stuff too. So there's no misinterpretation at all. It's also in your I'm contracts sure. too. Yeah, I'm sure also this is almost the NFLPA. Weekly. This is probably a weekly thing in NFL locker rooms at this point. It has to be. Some coaches talking to these players about fucking betting on games. I guarantee it's a weekly well, thing. It's it's so big now because now gambling is getting so huge that it's these kids legalized can, everywhere. Well, these kids can go in their dorm room or wherever, download an app at their fingertip, and bet their NIL money on these games. I've bet on four so horse races now. since this podcast started. But but you're exactly. you're allowed to. Your profession doesn't yeah. have that legal yeah. though. I I can literally walk down the street and bet on horse races if I want to. But I, I just what, I'm I mean play. I'm not fucking racing horses, so I'm not. I, I'm, I'm I don't know America beats Russia. I just I don't I don't know how like how sports betting could be that important to you as a professional athlete. You're willing to risk everything, and quite frankly, I think the penalties need to step it up. And to be honest, it's not. I, I agree. It's I not agree important. That my... It's that they're they're bored. Sorry, Mark. No, no, no. I, we, we're, we're timing you. But the I agree with my you buddies too. Find something to do. I agree with my buddies too. Like I'm okay with like. Making it, I mean, that means push the PEDs guys up. People that are using drugs like PEDs and even the people that beat the domestic violences and all that stuff, like for those cases, make it the same, especially PEDs, because that is cheating the game. That is now you are doing the same thing as gambling. You're breaking the integrity of the game. So make PED users a, a year. So make it the same so that it's because now you're saying, well, oh, you're OK with taking taking steroids and beating women and beating children. But God forbid we gamble. So we're going to lose more Then make them all the same. Just make it. I all think one year. I think that they need to step up discipline across the board in every sport for all situations. You look at fucking – because the problem is when, when you hand out these, these mini punishments, right, uh, to include, you know, I don't know, waving guns in Instagram videos, uh, 
but take take the MLB and how many times we have benches clearing brawls, people charging the mound, this and that. Like, you know why this shit happens often as it does? Because you're gonna miss two games. Big fucking deal. Big fucking deal. Step it up. Yeah, bring it back game. to the bring it back to the fucking Ron Artest days where you get suspended suspended for a season for a fight. You put a baseball player out for a season, and I guarantee you, motherfucker, stand at the top of them steps, going, "Nope." Yep, y'all, y'all two, y'all two got to work this shit out because we ain't got you back. I ain't missing the season, dude. You even leave the dugout, in my opinion, because this out isn't little league too, right? Because little league teaches sportsmanship and that kind of thing. Well, you, you're telling me you're over the age of eighteen, you can be in the MLB sportsmanship, don't matter, like. You even leave the fucking dugout, minimum thirty games, minimum. And same thing with the well, NFL. We get skirmishes now. Now guys huddle around. They they get into this fucking yelling match. Like okay, that might be one thing. But the moment like physical contact is made in an aggressive attempt, dude, suspension and lengthy oh, yeah, suspension yeah. at that. I don't, I don't know. I'm okay for hockey rules. Let them fight it out for a couple minutes until somebody hits the ground. Then put them in the penalty box. Well, they can't fighting, is, fighting is part of the rules in hockey. Fighting is fighting is not part of the rules in other other sports. It, it's part of the only entertainment hockey gives you at this point. Uh, point aside, though, we 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 agree though. <laughs> we agree that gambling it just no no. So that's where we stand with this gambling yeah. issue. Let's yeah, move yeah. on to our listeners load segment from our boy Zach Rizlov, probably our most dedicated and loyal fan out there. I mean, he comments he'll he'll text me before the show gets posted. He's like. Yeah, where's this shit at, dude? Like, he's fucking excited, man. I don't know what it is. He's ready for it, but he gets a question. We missed the last episode with it because we didn't have time. We're going to push it in for this one. Might go a little over our our time we wanted, but it's okay. Listener's load for this segment is, how do we feel in the sack house with the NIL deals and the transfer portal? How is that affecting and shaping college football? It's been been around for a little bit now. I'll start it off. Hey, I'm okay with NIL deals. It helps the players. It makes the players better. And with the transfer portal tied into, though, it's like free agency, so it hurts the colleges. So I'm all on board with the, the players getting paid and doing what they want to do, whatever. Helps them out because they can't have a part-time job while they're playing. It's literally against their rules. So good to get comps for money since they can't work. But it also screws over the college, too. And they that's also the get like, oh, Yeah, but not the same. They can't go work. Wait, and act, their I mean, stipends are like 500 bucks. It's not yeah. much. Yeah, so – I, I just don't. Five hundred I mean, bucks like a month when you're on a scholarship and everything's paid for. It's not a bad gig. Yeah, yeah, but your but your bills aren't paid for. Yeah. Are they? It's not so, paying your phone bill. That's not, not paying, paying your, car, your bill. car bill. Yeah. yeah. Is your car? Well, first of all, your car bill might be a different story. Get a used car. Okay, you don't need a fucking Cadillac Escalade in college. All right. No, not Get not you. if I'm a star quarterback. Not if I'm a star quarterback. I ain't driving no, no fucking. I ain't driving no fucking like piece of shit. And that Honda. right there, that <laughs> right there is what the fucking problem is because you're not living within your means. But the thing is, uh-huh. though, is I think it's great for the players getting paid. It does hurt the colleges, though, because, you know, these colleges that want to build like a dynasty, it hurts them. I mean, unless you're going to build it like free agency style like LSU's doing right now and start, start paying for everybody, you got a guy from the Air Force Academy. Now he's the best pitcher in the league. I mean, in the whole nation. So, and he got him out right before. He was about to be. He had to be an officer officially. He had it to his junior year to decide to get out of the academy. And right before his junior year, man's an LSU. So, yeah, that's where I stand, Chris. I I think it's good for the players. Hurts the colleges though. I mean, I think it's great. I personally love it just because I'm an LSU fan. So it's great for the players. It's great for the big schools that have a lot of donors. Like this. NIL is pretty much buying you championships. And a great example, like you just said, Mark, with Paul Skeens, 
is look at LSU's baseball this year. We paid three of the biggest NCAA baseball players to come to our school, and we won an Addy. So if yeah. these big schools that have the money is going to be what's winning championships. So it sucks but that for hurts these small schools. Too, though. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, well, I mean, it sucks thing. for the small schools that don't have the money. Here's here's the thing on on the transfer portal. Okay, the transfer portal. There's nothing wrong with that. The transfer portal is a transfer portal. It's there for a reason. Okay, when you get a scholarship, it is a year by year basis. Okay, and if you're not, you know, playing where you want to, you're not getting the opportunity that you want. It's no different than going to school and dropping out and going to a new school. It's no different. I have no problem with the transfer portal. The NIL, the NIL I have a problem with, uh, first of all, because it costs me my NCAA football, uh, which has now been delayed another year until 2024. So I'll never, I'll never forgive that. Um, but the problem is it started out with paying for the likeness of a player in a video game or whatever. And now it has turned into this buying championships, buying teams. This is now the fucking New York Yankees of college sports kind of thing. That's what my issue is. You have now taken something that was meant to, okay, we use your likeness for, you know, the 60 seconds that you spend in the, in year one of the franchise, um, you know, compensating you for that to now it's just completely gone overboard. Yes. You want to talk about hurting the schools? The NIL hurts the schools uh, because the, well, the little guys can't. Too. Yeah. No, yeah, fuck it, dude. Too. Stop. Yeah, the transfer does. portal. No, the transfer portal helps the little schools because your guys that want to start at Alabama can't, so they go to smaller what schools. Jackson, what about Jackson State? They just lost to everybody. So did right. Colorado. I mean, I'm just saying yeah, like, that's it. It, it, dude, it does hurt. You're talking. Hurt. You're talking a once. You're talking a once in a, in a fucking history <clears throat> of the of the transfer oh. portal that something like that has happened. Let me finish. Because I, I don't want to harp too much on the transfer portal because I think that's that's a fucking, in my opinion. The, but the, the NIL transfer uses, portal, transfer but, portal. They, but they tie together. The NIL uses the transfer portal to get guys to go. It's like right. tie together. Right. Like, I mean, that's why the problem is the NIL because the the the, the transfer portal is never the problem in the beginning. The transfer portal is going to be there regardless because money is involved. It's not the transfer portal's fault. It's the NIL's fault because now money is getting thrown boosters and everything else. It's buying championships. The transfer portal, when it's utilized the way it's supposed to be utilized, is fantastic because it gives guys opportunity, whether they move up, they're playing well, they go up to a better school, or they're not playing up to expectation, or the, the school gets a new five-star recruit in, and now, hey, I'm going from uh, Texas A&M, and now I'm going to go play, you know, at Missouri uh, because now i got a chance to start and a chance to make, you know, make something of myself here. Uh, but NIL, it, it, it went from something – that made sense in the compensation of things to now it's literally a paycheck for guys to play football. And now you're going to get into scholar or not scholarships. Um, I know what is the mean. fucking, uh, well, Luke, he wouldn't be complaining. Endorsements. Yeah, doing a really good job. Yeah. This. You're talking, you're talking endorsements and you're, and you're talking fucking agents now yeah. making backdoor deals. It is a huge problem in the NIL it got way out of hand from what it was initially meant to be, and it I hate it. I think it's yeah, I, yeah. I, I completely agree with Doc on this. Like NIL was the intention, name, image, and likeness. Chris. Yep, that's it. It is no, it is not a payday. It is, it is for the players to like post their own brand, not schools buying fucking players. It is not these boosters buying players. Uh, Deion Sanders and Nick Saban have both talked about this. It's not the schools buying the players. It's supposed to be players getting their own money, doing their own brand deals, doing their Nick own Saban's, shit. Nick Saban's one to talk. Yeah, yeah, he's one to talk. 
No, yeah. I mean I'm not saying I'm not saying all these fucking SEC schools SEC schools aren't dirty. No, but you're but you're using the hypocrite yeah. that's pushing for it though. But, right. but he, he, he is somebody that has talked outright. About yeah, I would not have I would not have complained about and said Nick Saban anything good about him. Yeah, but I mean, Deion Sanders is also about this. You don't see any of these players doing fucking commercials for these places that are allegedly paying them. No, it's the it's about them. So it's companies paying these players for a service. That's what it is. NIL. Name, image, and likeness was you being in a video game, not you fucking yes. advertising Bob's car dealership. Well, it's I mean, that, was, that, is, that, that is name, image, likeness, because you couldn't do it before. What the NIL has turned into is these schools that have a shitload of money and boosters just giving players money for nothing just to come to the school, and the player gets no, does nothing for them. Chris, you it, know what it sounds like to me? That was not the intent of it. Chris, you know what it sounds these like to schools, me? That their schools need no, that, a better alumni. Christian, you know what no, it sounds that, like for real? It sounds like if the UCF Knights and the Florida State Seminoles are good at this, they wouldn't be complaining. They no, no, because really, no, because listen, it doesn't matter how much money we got. Willie Taggart fucked us for the next fifteen years. I'm just saying, if UCF and yeah, there, there, there's not an amount of money that I'm could save us from the damage it. of Willie Taggart. I'm not complaining about it. No. I, I think it, I think it hurts the schools. Yeah, I'm, but I'm okay with the players getting paid. I think it's gotten out. I I I am okay if the players get paid for what the NIL was initially intended for. Yeah, but it now it has become like a free agent signing thing that is bullshit. But all these, but I mean, at least for LSU, all the LSU players are on commercials. For what? I mean, all these all these kids are with fucking supporting. Games. I I, I see Paul Skeens on a commercial. He was he was with Canes because you don't live in Louisiana. Yeah, he yeah he was uh, yeah he, he was posting all with all with Canes and then Gordon, our insurance Wait, company. We, we, don't we be Canes up questioning here. a former Air Force cadet. That man's got integrity. Yeah. He has more <laughs> okay. discipline than anybody. He also donated his two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, he took he took that money and bailed out from his fucking contract that was coming up. No, too. You, no, you didn't. Um, no, you didn't. You have, you have to your junior. You have to your junior yeah. to bail out, and you're not in trouble. Yeah, he he looked at it. He's like, yeah, no, I'm not doing the Air Force. If I can bail out because LSU's going to throw some money. Oh, at yeah, him. He's going to be the first pick with the no, Pittsburgh. It might be the second pick. So he bailed, he bailed out because he's got a chance at a pro at a pro future in uh, the service academies. I think like what, one in get, the last. Yeah, yeah because before you could opt, and now now they're not letting you go. So there was a dude from the Navy that had a chance that they wouldn't let go. What is it? What did Florida offer that one quarterback? Like eight million dollars? Like that quarterback's not worth eight million dollars to anybody well, for nothing. Bryce Young guy. Heard, no, a high Bryce, school kid. A kid coming out of high school. Well, Bryce Young was the first one to get paid big, I believe, before without even really starting a game. He was the first one that got that big contract with Bama, and then it's been escalating since. So, I mean, hey. I guess we're going to disagree to That was not the intent of NIL, was for boosters to pay players. But it, it just sounds like... To get their own money it's on working. YouTube or sponsorships or other shit. Oh. That was not the intent. Uh, watch. In a couple of years, they're going to put... NCAA is going to put out regulations on NIL. It's coming. The shit's well, out of hand. Well, I, be, they need I to. believe it's got, And it got out of hand very quickly. Isn't it a state thing though? I thought it was a state thing that has to be approved first. Each state has to approve it or disapprove it. So it's more than just like think every state's in now, right? California yeah, the last one that was where it's waiting out, but I think they're in now. But hey, which is funny so because we'll... California California was one of the first to talk about it. Oh yeah, yeah I, think they're they're... La- I think they're one of the last ones in. 
because they're talking about it now because they they need it for USC and teams like that to be good. Oh, but yeah. hey, that's how we feel. I guess I guess this is the first debate that we've really actually the listeners load that we had a disagreement here. I mean, me and Chris are kind of. I mean, I'm kind of whatever. I really don't give a shit. I mean, Texas is gonna do what Texas does regardless when it comes to recruits, just because they're a big school. They have the money hey, to the, draw people. They're, they're gonna pay players in front of everybody or behind everybody's backs. That's what these big schools do. I mean, we, that's all, all they three, do. Yeah, the nil so just give them a legal way to do it. So three yeah. of our full school, three of our four schools have been doing it for a long time because FSU was good for a while, and I know they were doing the same shit. So with with uh, oh shit, I mean they Jimbo. they clearly weren't paying they clearly weren't paying Jameis anything. Jameis had a steel so, crab hey, legs. Speak, speaking of big yeah, schools, yeah, exactly. Proof. Jameson had a steel crab legs, dude. Speaking of big schools, speaking of schools, UCF has officially joined the Big Twelve by the time this podcast mm-hmm. airs. So let's go. Uh, I, I wouldn't well, be impressed. The all the competition. talent. I mean, I'll clap. I'll clap, but all the real competition left Chris. the Big Twelve. Well, they don't they, leave they, yet. They, they're they, there for a year. So, competition has not left. We season. What a great episode. Uh, damn, man. The end of this episode was good. Covered the AFC North. You know, we're going to cover the NFC West. I'm sorry, the NFC, AFC North. The AFC West, we covered that this week. We're going to cover the NFC West next year. We'll be fucking – uh, How was that? It's a long time away for the year. NFC West. God damn. Oh, oh yeah, we're almost there, dude. We have our sixth one. Yeah, and NFL, NFL's coming up, dude. We have NFL's over next year. Training camp, training, camp in, training camp in less than a month, and then preseason following that in the Hall of Fame as well. So, like I said, NFC West next episode. We'll see what headlines come over the 4th of July weekend. Hey, Luke, I hope you have a great 4th of July, my friend. Oh, hell yeah, brother. We're, Chris, you my brother too. Brother party up in Nashville. Yeah, celebrate, celebrate big out there in Texas too, Chris. Celebrate America, man. That's that's America. That's God's country down there, dude. You're in God country now. And Doc, you celebrate right now. You celebrate out there in kind of God's country, I guess, or yeah. No, this is uh, Biden's country out here. It's very blue. Uh, But no, Mark, you enjoy your fourth out there as well. Um, You know, be safe, be smart. Uh, what I tell everybody, all my all my applicants and everything, don't do nothing dumb, different, or dangerous, and don't add or subtract to the population before shipped in. And everyone out, and everyone out there listening, because we got to plug it. Our sponsors say, our sponsors say we got to do it. If you're gonna use fireworks, don't drink. That's all I gotta say. Hey, I'm Mark Davis. That's Luke Brule. That's Chris Kmeinhart. That's Nick Docs Kirkwins. By the time you listen to this, Happy Fourth of July. Hope you guys have a great happy one. This is the podcast, yeah. and we are out. Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Balls podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Sack House. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Sack House.